Hey everybody, my name is Dominique Linton and you are listening to Texas Tasty's 512 Degrees, the podcast where we chat with artists and influencers about their lives, careers, and passions. During today's episode, you'll hear a conversation with our guest, finished with a round of rapid lightning questions. Today's guest is Valentine Thomas. Born in Montreal, Canada, Valentine went from law and finance to mother nature. When people say Valentine Thomas, there's an endless list of who she is, was, and doing now. You may hear a former lawyer, an author, a chef, and a spearfisherwoman. But most of all, she is an activist for food sustainability. While being a world record spearfisherwoman, a 170-foot freediver and instructor, entrepreneur, and public speaker, Valentine released her first book, A Contre Courant, Canada in 2019, and coming this spring will release her second one, Good Catch, a guide to sustainable fish and seafood with recipes from the world's oceans. A stunning and inspiring guide to selecting, preparing, and enjoying sustainable seafood with 75 recipes from a world-class beer fisherwoman. In today's conversation, we discuss Valentine's journey from leaving law and finance for the ocean how she originally was petrified of the ocean, the do's and don'ts of spearfishing, her new book coming this spring, and more. Without further ado, please welcome Valentine Thomas to the show. All right, Valentine, thank you for joining. And, you know, it's happy Friday. Happy Friday. We're here on a Friday. And I'll, to get started, could you actually give us, you know, a, a brief introduction of who you are? Yes, so my name is Valentine Thomas, and I am a professional spearfisher woman and chef. <laughs> wow, uh, that's awesome. I mean, that's amazing. I know that your stories actually started off pretty different. Uh, you were trained as a lawyer in Canada and worked in finance in London for six years. Left that all behind to pursue your passions, which is what, which is what you just stated. What were your first steps to even ignite this? It was, I just got lucky, to be fair. I met people, Amazing. I got into this when I was living in London, and I made friends with people who were very much into it, and yeah. they kind of forced me to try it. That's amazing. <laughs> and it <changed> my life. <laughs> what do you mean they forced you to try it? I didn't want to. I was scared. I was petrified of the water, of the ocean, and it's, yeah. I had an accident when I was younger, mm. and uh, I passed out uh, on the water because of the current. So I was not friends oh with gosh. the ocean for a very long time. Wow. And someone told me, oh, you should try free diving. It's awesome. You just hold your breath and you go down a line to like 60 feet. I was like, hell no. <laughs> yeah, what the? That's insane. <laughs> How old were you when that accident happened? I was 14. Oh, okay. My gosh. You know, that's crazy. I mean... I had a similar type of experience where um, I didn't actually learn how to swim till I was about 21 years old. And uh, I had a lot of near death uh, drowning incident, uh, incidents um, growing up. And I actually went to school in Hawaii and everyone thought I was insane for going to Hawaii, not knowing how to swim. Um, but over time, I took lessons actually at the school and became a little fish myself. So... You know, it's it's doable for those of you who are scared of the water. You could get in there, take it from both Valentine and, <laughs> and myself. But that's that's amazing. That's really cool. And, you know, when did you start to feel and realize that 
you know, free dive spearfishing was becoming your passion? It's, it took me a while. So it was yeah. basically my love of cooking who took me into spearfishing because the first time I actually spearfished, I was not comfortable in the water in the slightest. I was, I felt panicky. I was just, I just didn't know what I was doing there, but yeah. I did fell in love uh, very strongly with bringing fish back home. So this is really the part that kind of made me say, this is amazing. And you keep doing that and just cooking fish that I caught myself. That's what I fell in love with. Oh, and then now, wow. of course, with time, I I, I, I adore spray diving and spit fishing and spending time in the water. It's my happy place now. Yeah, that's amazing. What's the what fish is the best to eat? And I guess what are the other ones to avoid when it comes to, you know, our planet and just the way the climate is affecting the ocean? That makes sense. I mean, in, in the United States, I'd say that my biggest advice on eating seafood would be to eat local seafood. Uh, the United States have very, very solid sustainable plans when it comes to the ocean. Mm -hmm. So everything that's coming from the U.S., there isn't about 98% chance that it will be sustainable. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And in terms of sustainable, what, you know, I understand that you do want to, you know, make a difference in with the world's environment and the seafood industry. So what is your, your goal that you're trying to achieve there in terms of making everything more sustainable? I think it's definitely an indication to be made in a lot of aspects. I think mm -hmm. that a lot of people also uh, a little bit intimidating by cooking seafood. Yeah. So this is kind of the purpose of also of, of, of my book is to show people that fish can be used like meat a lot mm. and to really kind of show people that there's different ways to use fish and it's much easier than we think it is. Uh, and when it comes to picking the fish, it's, there's a lot of species that we don't know about. Yeah. Um, we mostly buy uh, always the same stuff and there's such a wide range of, of beautiful species that taste amazing that we really need to start exploring. Yeah, that's awesome. So you, I, you know, you actually segued into my next question, which was going to be about your book. Could you actually go into more detail about what this book is about and uh, where people can get it? Yes. So basically, it's available on uh, Amazon for pre-order. So it's called Good Catch. Um, there's three kind of aspects of the book. The first one is I am explaining a little bit of my journey between how I passed from between uh, from uh, being a twig-shaped kid scared of her own shadow to somebody who now can swim with shark and just push them with my bare hands and not care about it. Wow. So when I pass from that to that, yeah. Um, <laughs> there is also a very big um, part of the book that is about a technical part of basically seafood. So how to cut, how to fillet, um, how to prepare, how is what's good marinade for it, what's good spices for it. Um, how do you prepare raw fish? Which fish can you use to do raw fish? So I'm kind of giving people tools so they can um, have now skills in their own kitchen and do pretty much what they want. And then the second section, the third section is just recipes. Wow, that sounds like a really detailed and broken down book. I want to get this. Uh, in terms of the recipes, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that the recipes are broken down by region. Could you highlight or let us know which regions are actually highlighted? I have very uh, different uh, locations. I have Quebec, New York, 
New Caledonia, Mexico, Taiwan, uh, Florida. So it's a little bit of different type of yeah. places. And each recipe has a story behind it. So there's a reason why each recipe is there. Mm-hmm. And they range from very simple um, fish nuggets that your kids would like to uh, fish and eggs to buttermilk, buttermilk fried fish to oh. whole fish to carpaccio to fish heads to fish nachos. Oh, so it's really a broad range of Again, just really to understand and show people what's the best way to utilize fish. And there's a lot of it. Oh, gosh. Right. <laughs> Grilling, baking, cooking. You can even microwave fish. <laughs> I explained I explained to you how to microwave fish. <laughs> yeah. That's enough. You're making me hungry. Okay. Okay. No, that sounds that sounds <laughs> awesome. Um, in terms of, you know, how much you've traveled, uh, do you have any favorite spots and favorite locations? Uh, maybe even favorite tidbits of history that you've learned in certain spa- uh, certain uh, areas? Uh, I've been to so many places I love so much. Um, it's very hard for me to pick one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Bahamas is a very special place for me. It's close by and it's really as beautiful as the Maldives, especially in Malaysia. So when it comes to the landscape, I'm a massive, massive fan of that. Um, when it comes to culture, um, different parts. Africa was definitely one of the most amazing places that I've, wow. that I've been. That was yeah. pretty great. Very sharky, but very nice. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I know that was kind of a loaded question, but no, thank you for answering that. <laughs> and, you know, I guess in terms of what are some exciting things on the horizon that you're looking forward to? In terms of... It's, of course, the traveling. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's um i've traveled a lot in the last seven years and it's i'm 35 now 36 and two weeks god um and just a number it's... just a number <laughs> <laughs> after living in my suitcase for many many years mm. i'm kind of looking forward to reducing travel Okay. Rather than looking forward to fishing destination, to, to be completely honest, I mean travel will always be an important part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, especially that now that I live in Texas, I need to travel to go fish, and that's um, yeah, Florida okay. probably is going to be my next destination. That I'm excited about. <laughs> yeah, not exotic too much. But <laughs> yeah, if Florida's like where you want to set up camp, settle down. It's I'm good in Texas for now, but it's I yeah. really enjoy Florida is an awesome place fishing wise. I've been in Tampa for four four or five years now. And that's we go out with my friends and we fill up the cooler and I have enough protein for a week or two. So that's what I love about it. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And you know, transitioning over to, you know, the seafood industry itself, um, knowing that it's pretty male dominated what are some of the challenges that you face you know being one of the few women in this space and you know what are some exciting things that you see changing about this this space as well i think that it's not that much of a gender thing it's Mm -hmm. more of a killing thing oh okay so do explain i think so I think that what actually makes people a bit weary about what I do is the fact that it does involve the killing of a living creature. Mm-hmm. And even though it is 
a very pure form of getting your own protein, it does make people a little bit uneasy. Yeah. And that creates an issue. Um, I do understand that it's not, there's nothing pretty about it. And I do get that. Um, so, but I, I, I think I, I do believe in difficult conversations. I do think that the future of the food industry, that it's land-based food or ocean-based food, we need to talk about sourcing. And as difficult as this, this, those conversations can be, the more we shy away from them, the more we're allowing um, difficult conversations. Uh, sorry. The more we shy away from it, the more we're mm-hmm. allowing bad practices to happen. And documentary like Seaspiracies, it's not also about focusing on negative thing and just being, this is terrible, don't eat seafood. Seafood is one of the best food you can eat. The smallest carbon footprint in terms of protein is extremely good for you. For kids, it's, it's extraordinary for brain function, brain development. It's Seafood is a superfood and it's a, it's a great thing to be eating. You just have to do it in a mindful way. And yeah. there's a lot of fantastic initiative being done. Again, the fact that the United States is so good at it, it's we need to talk about the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, <laughs> take it from our ancestors. They they ate it all the time. Look at this. Look at where we are now. <laughs> it wasn't exactly. for nothing. And speaking of, you know, just fish extinction in general, what is it that we need to know about that? So it's it exists. And mm-hmm. of course, there is some bad, bad practices out there. Um Again, just to come back to conspiracy because most people have seen it, it's yeah. they are showing practices that are coming from third world countries or places that are pretty remote. It those practices, it's not really the case anymore in a lot of bigger countries. Apart Europe, they're not that great, to be fair. But United States is good, Canada is good, could be better, but it's good. New Zealand, Australia, Denmark, there's a lot of good countries that are doing the right thing. Yeah. Um but again, it's all about the choices that you make because the majority of the seafood that are being eaten in the United States is being imported. So this mm-hmm. is why it's important to read labels and really understand what you are buying. Yeah. Wow. Which and- is, again, I think that that's why when you talk about positive initiatives that are being made, then it gives people, you should buy this and this and this and not this and this and this. And then that way you give them options. I see. Gotcha. And in terms of how we're treating the ocean, um, I'm sure you've been in places such as like Hawaii, where you're seeing a lot of the reef just gone. Um, And is that, you know, because of all the sunscreen? Like, I guess, what are some of the main reasons that you're seeing all this happen to the wildlife in the ocean just kind of deteriorating? Overfishing, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also other things. Um, in Florida, they have the red tide every year, which is becoming worse and worse, which is triggered by uh, pollution into the ocean. Mm. Um, the sunscreen, I don't know that much about it, to be honest. Yeah. It's it's hard to tell if is this like a new thing that's trying to turn into a thing or is yeah. it, have they actually seen uh, a direct effect from sunscreen? I, I, I do not know that. I still use a... Re, uh, reef safe sunscreen yeah. the difference between reef friendly and reef safe so reef friendly is basically a scam and reef safe is good so you want only one ingredient which is zinc and okay. nothing else oh i didn't actually even know that 
Good to yes. know. So, so when I say reef uh, friendly, that means mm-hmm. that instead of four chemicals, they only have two. So a lot of big brands are doing that. Oh, interesting. So beware. <laughs> yeah, beware for sure. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. <laughs> awesome. And in terms of the spearfishing realm and, you know, what you're trying to do on the activist side, uh, what are some things you're looking forward to on that on that end? I personally change a lot when it came to spearfishing practices. Um, when I first started, of course, as being a girl, um, I kind of wanted to prove myself too a little bit. So it was a lot about catching big fish and chasing big fish and traveling to do that. And as I evolve in this, now I turned into, I want to catch the fish that taste the best and I just want to fill my freezer so it's not about basically prize fishing anymore so it's, oh, it's and I'm, I'm I admit it and I'm I'm, I'm happy with that it's just I, I really transition in that sport and I think in in a part of positive way sorry yeah no that's really cool I mean how often are you in the ocean for like how long do you usually spend your your days and times uh in underwater it's long <laughs> yeah <laughs> We meet at the dock normally around six. Uh, we run uh, maybe for an hour and we just dive for eight, nine, ten hours straight and we come back at sunset. What? Eight, nine, ten hours straight? We don't straight. stop. <laughs> what are your lungs like? My goodness. I mean, it's th- funny enough, I'm terrible at cardio. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> I guess how long can you hold? What's the longest you can hold your breath for? Five minutes forty-five was my was my longest. Wow, nice. Mine's a minute and a half. That's cool. Okay, okay. I see what I'm working with. Um, no, that's awesome. <laughs> Five minutes. Wow. What's like the scariest part of free diving? Um, is it? Yeah, I guess I'll leave that for you to answer. You would think it's sharks because they're pretty predominant, uh, especially in the whole south coast. Um. It's drowning. That's probably the biggest fear is drowning. Yeah. That's the yeah. biggest danger also. So what you call shallow, shallow water blackout, sorry. Uh, fishing is actually the second most dangerous sport in the world after uh, base jumping. Oh, wow. um, but if you follow security rules, then nothing will happen to you or it's, it would be very unlikely. Yeah. Um, all the people that I know, all the accident I know of that are spearfishing related are very, or most of the time, security rules regarded and uh, disregarded. And the times that I put my life in danger is because I did not follow some rules. Mm. It's easy to get a bit, you know, cocky and too comfortable with yourself because I've been diving for so many years and I've been diving for 13 years now. Yeah. But even if you're good, you cannot disregard anything. Yeah. That's important for people to remember. It's, uh, yeah, like you said, you get so comfortable that you kind of forget your own limits. And uh, with water, that's a very, especially the ocean, it's a very dangerous thing. But uh, I feel like it's always a learning experience. Yes. <laughs> it's like major learning experience. Oh, okay. Sweet. Well, we are running uh, into our next portion of this interview which is the lightning round i know i didn't get to explain this earlier before the call but basically i'll be asking you uh, a bunch of random questions 
And I want you to answer them as quickly as you can without thinking too much. And yeah, they're going to be some random stuff, but uh, let me know when you're ready to go. Oh God, I'm French. That you're taking a big risk. A lot of weird stuff popping on top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. It will be, they'll be pretty simple, not too crazy. <laughs> All right, here we go. Salty or sweet? Salty. Oh, okay. Lobster or crab? Lobster. Oh, okay. A hole in Main the wall. Oh, wait, what was that? <laughs> Main lobster. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> a hole in the wall or a fancy restaurant? Hole in the wall. <laughs> yes. What is your favorite dish to make? Something I haven't made before. Oh, okay. What's an example of that really quick? This doesn't have to be super quick. I like I, I like to try a dish that I've never cooked before. So I like mixing different flavors and some stuff. So it's I never oh. cook the same thing twice. <laughs> oh, gotcha. So you make it like from scratch. Yes. So when people say, oh, what's, like... you, what's your best dish you make? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's cool. Okay. All right. Back into it. My bad. <laughs> what is your favorite thing to do in the summertime? Spearfish. <laughs> all right it's a given <laughs> i guess <laughs> what's the last song you listened to fuck you from lily allen really so i haven't listened to in like 10 years <laughs> oh wow yeah that's a classic wow <laughs> all right what world record do you think you have a shot at beating i don't submit real records anymore no so i i did break a few but i did not register them Wait, okay. That that just caught me off guard. You broke a few already? Yes. Which... That's fishing. Oh, which ones exactly? <laughs> that's just different type of fish. That oh, I okay. That word. Uh, well, I heard. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, okay. All right, last <laughs> one. Oh, uh, actually, though, no. two more, two more. What is your go-to lazy dinner? Anchovy pasta. Oh, Damn, that doesn't sound like lazy, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> All right, last one. What secret about the universe would you most want to learn? What's what? I'm sorry. <laughs> what secret about the universe would you most want to learn? Oof. I'm not sure I understand the question. <laughs> so, you know... Uh... <laughs> How do I explain this now? So, you know, the universe, it's so vast. We don't know so much. I guess what's something. Okay. In general. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, if there's other planets that live better than us. Oh, that's a cool one. Like there's other human type species, but they just have it way better. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's actually pretty cool. That's a movie idea. <laughs> All right, sweet. That was our lightning round. Thank you for participating. And, you know, before we go, I just want to thank you again for being on with me, getting a, giving us all a chance to know who you are, uh, what it is you're doing, what it is you stand for and trying to achieve with the seafood industry. And, you know, was there anything else that you want to highlight or uh, let the people know that's coming up? Or, um, yeah, floor is yours. No, I think I would just finish by basically telling people if – at any point during this interview, you thought I could never do this. Uh, think about the fact that I started in my living room 
not even able to walk two blocks to go to the convenience store, uh, literally paralyzed by panic attacks. So you can do literally anything you want. <laughs> yes, I love that. Thank you so much, Valentine. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> of course. Thank for you for having you... me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh. <laughs> no, no, sorry. <laughs> for those of you who tuned in to another episode of 512 Degrees, thank you and have a great rest of your day. Until next time, this is Valentine Thomas and Dominique signing off. Right. Visit valentinethomas.net for more info and make sure to pre-order Good Catch, a guide to sustainable fish and seafood. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a follow at Texas Tasty on Instagram and at the Texas Tasty on Twitter. Future episodes of 512 Degrees can be found wherever you get your podcasts. This is Dominique Linton signing off. Until next time, y'all.